What what about this? Okay. Which I, I gotta get this out there before we start recording. Okay. Um, or before we start the episode. Okay. Uh the mighty cucks. Okay. You gotta watch uh <laughs> your wife. Saying. You gotta watch your wife get fucked while you're tied to a hockey net. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Abelman is just there. <laughs> and he's just like like making terrible jokes. <laughs> Cuckster, watching his wife get plowed. <laughs> From Walt Disney Pictures, he's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never won. Keep swinging, maybe I'll give him a cold. Can't try to teach them how to win. You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. And they'll teach him. Get off the roof, you little monkey. That winning isn't everything. Let's have fun out there. Walt Disney Pictures presents Emilio Estevez. Are we ducks or what? The Mighty Ducks. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jax McDonald. With me, as always... Uh, it's Vias Tran. You guys mind if I take notes while I'm doing this? Oh, please. Go <laughs> it's just way... Oh, can you hear that? Uh, I, I I don't know. What can I hear? What? Oh, it's my typewriter. Uh, this is this is me announcing that I bought a typewriter. No, hold on. Do, do, just just take some notes. Let's 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 let's, let's see here. In. All right. Um, the... Yeah, I can definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this is the mighty ducks episode. Welcome, to Rocks Fever, everybody. This it's whisper quiet. Uh, we got Elliot here as well. <laughs> why, why don't you say hi to everyone, Elliot? Hi, everyone. This is Elliot. <laughs> and um, joining us, uh, getting his two-time challenge coin, is official Roxy Fever movie correspondent, Cody Sievertson. Cody, how's it going? What's up, boys? Glad to be back to review another interesting movie about <laughs> hockey. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's interesting that uh, we get to have you on now for a narrative film, because obviously we did... Uh, ice guardians the last time you were on and um this feels like in a weird way maybe the furthest possible movie from ice (laughs) guardians while still technically being about hockey um i just to illustrate the contrast here i watched ice guardians i think five times in preparation for the episode because there was so much going on and for this one, I watched The Mighty Ducks, and then I watched The Mighty Ducks 2, which I considered turning off about 45 minutes in. <laughs> so now that we've had Cody on for a narrative and a documentary, I was thinking we could have him on for a horror, and mm. we could watch Friday the 13th, because Jason wears a hockey mask. <laughs> it all ties together. All ties yeah, together. Yeah, fair enough. Next year, maybe. It's a little bit I different. actually really liked the scene in Ice Guardians, where uh, Fulton Reed talked about how he just went out and... Uh, punched a uh, <laughs> coffin in an alley with chains wrapped around his hands. <laughs> so um, for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about 1992's The Mighty Ducks. And I think to some extent also the 1994 sequel D2. Um, although I have not watched that yet. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Like, I might yeah. say something about D3 as well, just because I've watched all three. Of sure. Movies. So. Yeah. I've watched more of the animated series, to be honest, <laughs> which does <laughs> not guy. get discussed enough. Like that, sh- that was pretty sick. We should talk about uh, the animated series in a minute, but just to start off with, I guess, like, what is everyone's relationship with this movie? Because I was born one four months later. <laughs> because I feel like for a certain type of person, 
or a certain type of hockey fan rather this movie is like a really integral part of their childhood and for others it's like a complete afterthought uh so i'd be curious like when did each of you actually see this for the first time okay so i saw the third movie sometime when i was a kid but it didn't make a big impression on me and all i really remember of it is uh someone throws a reverse hit uh one of the guys who joins the team in d2 sure and he like catapults a guy through the glass which is just like absolutely sick and it's the only thing i remember from the entire thing <laughs> so when did you see the like when did you see like the first i only one? saw money ducks one and two like last week when i was texting you about it oh wow okay <laughs> that's interesting that's that's very interesting actually uh what about what about you cody uh yeah so it's kind of weird because i feel like i don't know maybe i, I can't speak for a lot of people but it feels like i just kind of absorb this through osmosis as a child yeah. like i couldn't tell you like when i ever watched the first movie but i just know everything about the movie through osmosis even though like i couldn't tell you when i first watched it but i know all of everything that happened but i don't even remember like when i first watched it when i first got interested in it i just like always knew it was there it's one of those movies that like you you can't actually remember seeing it yeah, but like you just know everything about it. It's so yeah, totally. Weird. That is a weird time of childhood where shit just like imprints on you and you don't consciously remember it, but then you right. like uh, something like whatever uh, something just like triggers it, and then yeah. Um, what about you, Vias? My relationship to this movie. This is actually a very formative movie for me. It was one of the first times that my community ever saw one of our own represented on the screen, <laughs> Gordon Bombay, um, who I can only assume we all just uh, we all agreed that he was South Asian. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not only in the movie, but to see him as a corporate lawyer and really <laughs> up there as an elite in society, and then, and then you know, he goes through some troubles. White supremacy so. is everywhere in society, so he, you know, gets the knock and he has to go do community service. It's very carceral society uh, South Asians live in, and so then he has to he has to go do community service and uh, <laughs> play hockey, a sport that you know we don't usually get to, but you know. Uh, we we really got that representation in hockey through this movie. Okay, real answer. Uh, uh, this this movie, I never really watched it until two nights ago. Okay, I'm sure yeah. maybe it's a similar answer to Cody where there's some osmosis, but it was also the toys, toys, t-shirts, mm. clothing, mm. like that was everywhere, and the animated TV show too. So like I knew of it, I knew it was everywhere. I knew about the flying V, um, and I knew that the hockey team was like the NHL team was from there uh like a weird product placement thing um but yeah so i also only saw it two days ago um and the exact days. relation of the team to the or the movie sorry to the nhl was not exactly clear when i was going into watching this movie and it definitely got complicated by the existence of the minnesota north stars mm -hmm. i think we'll talk yeah. about that a bit more we'll talk later. about that yes i got yeah, some I things to say I can't wait to talk about that. So <laughs> I can't remember exactly how I ended up seeing this movie, but I know I would have had to have been probably like, I could have been anywhere from about six to 11. Um, Cause I remember I watched it with my dad and I remember specifically that I feel like it was probably when I was on the younger side of that, because I think the reason I wanted to watch it is because when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite players was Paul Korea, yeah. and I always liked I always liked the Ducks just because they're um, 
like the NHL Ducks, just because they're at the time jerseys were really sick. Um, as we have discussed previously, <laughs> their current jerseys completely suck. Yeah, but yes. their original yeah. like '90s jerseys were really cool. And I remember kind of like asking my dad what the deal with with like the Mighty Ducks was, and how like there was a team, but there was also a movie. And then you know him explaining that the like tie in to me. And then me just wanting to see the movie. And he was like, he used to be like a youth and family worker. And so he used to take like troubled kids to movies all the time. And so he had seen it before. And I think he was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'll just rent it for you and we'll watch it, you know? Dude. And I remember like enjoying it as a kid, but it was definitely one of those things where for whatever reason, I felt like I was supposed to love it. Like it was, it's one of those things where when you're a kid, you just get this impression from like, I don't know, culture or TV or like adults in your life that something is like a canonical movie. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh yeah, it's the hockey movie. Like that hockey fans are supposed to like, but uh, then I rewatched it like around the time I started to get into hockey again, um, around like 2013. And upon rewatching it, I was just very like, this is a uh, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. And then watching come on. it. It's a fine movie. Okay. And then watching it again as uh, as an adult, I also had that opinion, but um, we can, we can get into that now, I guess like what upon rewatching it as an adult, or in some cases, like watching it as a first time, like, what did you guys think? Maybe we'll start with, uh, with Cody since he's the guest. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where, as a kid, like I kind of like watched it. And I thought like, Oh, this is fun. This is the, like, this is the illusion of like a really fun movie, a bunch of plucky kids like playing hockey and having fun. So this is great. But watching it the other night, I think I, I wish I hadn't watched it because my, <laughs> because my memory of the movie is so much better than the actual movie itself as a grown adult. It just, there's so many things wrong with it that like okay, my yeah. adult brain doesn't, like it doesn't gel with my perception of it as a kid anymore. Right. Okay, that's a better reason than Mr. Fucking Criterion Channel over here. Well, hold on. I, <laughs> I did not explain why I thought it was bad. We can get into that later. Um, I mean, I thought it was a perfectly fine movie, mostly because I went in with admittedly really low expectations. Right. So the two or three things that I have a big problem with, it's like, no, I know why they felt like they had to do it with it being a Disney kids movie. Like all the GoPro shots of like a slap shot that takes seven seconds to go into the net, like <laughs> drives me up the wall. But like, yeah. was Miracle that much better? Yes. It's, yes. it's an actual movie. The, uh, okay. Like, no, okay, actually for the hockey stuff though. Oh yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's really. like a thousand the hockey times stuff better. is like incredibly good. That's I dare true, you. Yeah. I, I like, I challenge you to just like go back and just watch like, just fast forward to like the last 20 minutes of miracle and just like watch a random hockey sequence. It looks any it, sequence. The hockey sequence so movie. Okay. I Come know that that's true, but it, but it, but like, I realize this is a kid's movie, but the, the thing is one guy so, has a watermelon helmet. <laughs> one guy's wearing a football. Helmet. Okay. All the makeshift equipment absolutely whips and is adorable. It is. Especially okay. Goldberg's Flyers think about jersey. It, this is a movie about class, Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. Okay, that's that's funny. I, I, I honestly don't I don't hate that reading of it. Um, <laughs> my my opinion oh, on well here, I'll let you what do you what what's your take on this, Vias? 
Uh, it's a it's a kids movie. It, it's fun to watch. I wish I was probably as high as Elliot was when he watched it. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. found lots of like little fun things to to to, to piece from it. Uh, and like <clears throat> I knew it was like a fun movie to watch for this show. Um, yes. And it was nice to finally watch it and like actually piece together all the stuff. But there is some stuff like we'll talk about it later. But like Emilio Estevez sounds twelve years old in this movie. Yeah, I oh, he sounds I, one division higher than I, what the Ducks are playing. <laughs> I meant to mention it earlier when you were talking about uh Gordon Bombay and South Asian representation, but <laughs> getting a Hispanic guy to play a South Asian guy would be extremely <laughs> 1992. <laughs> I also do just love that his name awesome. is Gordon Bombay, like that's such a classic made up name, like incredible incredibly like white guy american name and then just a location it's like, like a wrestler name or something like it's just so when he's a kid in the flashback scenes when he's a kid his dad can call him gordy yeah that's all it was well yeah I, the the and the i felt i was like half expecting the uh the villain coach to be named like terrence calcutta like just as a that's <laughs> like a little bit of you know like confluence there or whatever but um uh no <laughs> So here's Body here's India. my take on this movie. <laughs> Did you say Buddy <laughs> India? Yeah. It is, that's that's the name of a jewelry shop. It's I'm, such a, I'm uh, sure it's of such it. a like I feel like it's it's in the canon of names like Indiana Jones or like, you know, um, I will confirm that there is a Chinese 2017 action adventure comedy film called Buddies in India. Anyways, carry <laughs> that's on. That's great. That's um, yeah. okay, so here's my my take on this movie or my take on like the series as a whole, I guess the first mighty ducks movie is not particularly good, but has enough going on that I like was entertained by it. Mostly. I was also uh, totally high out of my gourd when I watched this. Um, and high out of your Gordon Bombay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, this, this movie is American cultural imperialism, by the way. Um, in real life, Jesus Gordon Christ. Gordon Bombay is from Saskatchewan, and he goes by Gord Bombay. Um, I, yeah. Uh, well, he had to assimilate to Minnesota culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so the, the, the first Mighty Ducks movie is like, it's not first of all it's a kids movie is not an excuse for a movie to not be good i love all <laughs> kinds of kids movies i love the sandlot which is like very 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 close to this movie but is just better have um, you rewatched the sandlot recently though um yeah yeah I've okay because i was gonna like, say i've never seen the sandlot so i maybe i need to watch that i love might be a strong word but never like i feel like one of the things I, li I liked about the sandlot that is like not the case in this movie is that the kids in the sandlot are like believably um they're just more like believable they're a little bit more like poorly behaved and they act more like what actual kids act like um uh, and the movie itself is genuinely just kids being kids like you could yeah like it's, it's a completely believable situation just a bunch of kids playing baseball right and we'll get into this a little bit more when we actually get into the plot of of the mighty ducks but the thing that makes the sandlot work is that it's really a lot more about the mythology of baseball than baseball like there's very little actual baseball that happens in the there's no there's not a lot of like competition 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, like the big conflict of the movie is not their big game. It's that they have to go get a ball that like <laughs> ended up in a scary neighbor's yard. Yeah. Um, well, you have to remember what the Mighty Ducks is trying to do versus Sandlot. Sure. The Sandlot isn't trying to introduce uh, a culture to a sport to try to make it more mainstream than it mm-hmm. already is. Whereas the Mighty Ducks, I mean, like however they do it, that's kind of the purpose of that movie is to introduce people to hockey. Obviously, they don't do it well when it comes to the actual play of the game. Uh, I'll definitely <laughs> give you that. But like, <laughs> like maybe they were trying to do it like the Sandlot. And by the way, I have one more point to make about yeah. that. If we're talking about the Sandlot, have any of you guys seen the Sandlot too? No, <laughs> no. Okay, I'm, ma- I'm mad. There is a Sandlot too. So there is. I one got from- so mad when he started dating the South Carolina coach. <laughs> I wanted to one thing. Is that like- a Jim Sandlock joke? <laughs> no, it was just a Mighty Ducks 2 joke. Oh. But if it works, then yes, that yeah, was on purpose. Yeah, that's staying in. Just as a yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a solid <laughs> fire joke that has to stay on the podcast. I uh I did just want to say before you continue there, Vias, I just want to mention that Goldberg is in both the Sandlot and the Mighty Ducks. Good um, for him. That's another reason. Uh that's just another tie-in there. Right. To Sean Weiss. So yes, Sean Weiss, thank you. Uh, a certain actor in the Sandlot 2 uh, named Brett Kelly, who was the kid in Bad Santa. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I revealed this to some people. I don't know if I mentioned in the chat. I played on the same ball hockey team for like two years with that guy. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was like the most interesting thing about me before I like <laughs> got like got got involved in politics and writing and played stuff. on the same ball hockey team as the kid from bad, bad santa i i thought i was gonna ride that till i was like 32 that would be a pretty good like two truths and a lie that's a good icebreaker <laughs> yeah um that is a good one no yeah. but what i was gonna say is that um i feel like this movie does a, is really good when it is more about the like mythology or culture of hockey than the actual game Agreed. Um, and yeah, then the sure. other thing I was going to say is that uh, the Mighty Ducks is like, uh, it's a fun, nostalgic movie for me is a total uh, that like still kind of holds up as an adult for that reason is an acceptable opinion to have, but not for the Mighty Ducks too, which no. I just watched for the first time, like <laughs> literally just before we started recording. And it's much really worse. struggled to make it through the entire movie, um, but we can we can get to that later. So a couple of production notes on this one that I just wanted to throw out there before we get started here. One thing that blew my mind is that uh, Marguerite Moreau, yep. who is um, not, uh, I forget the who name plays of the character. Connie Moreau. Connie Moreau. Connie Moreau. Great Thank you. Can yes. I please say something about this? That it's yes. really funny how like they just didn't give her a new name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, eh. they're just like yeah fuck it yeah you just you're still Moreau I don't care did she look familiar to any of you at all yes because she's the Paul Rudd love interest in Wet Hot, in Wet Hot, Hot American yeah. Summer baby oh. which uh is a fucking fantastic movie and uh fucking if Disney, fantastic tv show too <laughs> if, and I was gonna say and if Disney really wants to get serious about this Mighty Ducks tv show that they're uh trying to work on for disney plus they will get the same staff writers from the wet hot american summer tv show oh man. yeah <laughs> because be i feel incredible. like there would be a you could make a really solid show out of uh combining those two disparate elements. <laughs> another thing that was like totally shocking to me was discovering that jussie smollett <laughs> is yes. in this movie <laughs> yes 
Guys, I have news. There is another Mighty Ducks TV show being filmed right now. Live yeah. action? I think so. Oh yeah, there goodness. is. That's what I mean. That's what I was referencing earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Like, I was just on IMDb. I'm blown away by this. Oh, yeah. No, they're real. they're making a new like Mighty Ducks TV show for for Disney Plus. That's like, right. Sweet. Now. Oh, sick. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I, for some reason, I thought everyone knew that. And then I realized like now that I thought, I thought you were just saying that would be cool. Oh, yeah. No, it's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are actually working on it. And sadly, I don't think it features anyone, uh, any of the writing team from oh. American Summer. But that would be cool <laughs> if it did, um, because uh this the like particularly the first movie is actually surprisingly funny in uh a lot of places which again we can get to in a minute but yeah um which do you guys remember which character jesse smollett plays because i i feel like it's a really minor role um he's uh jesse hall's younger brother who's like the smaller kid yes with, like, the okay um he doesn't really talk a lot i did think it was funny that um one of like the only scenes in which he's particularly prominent is uh, the one where Gordon Bombay is teaching all the kids how to sell penalties. <laughs> I felt like that was appropriate. Um, he didn't obviously uh, learn that faking uh, crimes slash penalties was a bad thing to do. Yeah, he missed the speech where 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 um, Emilio Estevez was like, "Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he missed the part. Yeah, Charlie tells him not to do that anymore. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of if there's any other particular, like, uh, notes from the, from the casting or like production that, uh, well, there's the other thing about Charlie Conway is that apparently he was originally supposed to be played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah. That oh, was shit. interesting. Yeah, right. I, uh, I, 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 found I don't that, know anything else about that. <laughs> I found that like very surprising. I also like up until, you know, three days ago or whatever, when I first watched this movie, um, if you had told me Charlie Conway was just a hockey player, like from the eighties, I would have believed you. Um, yeah, I definitely did not remember that. The reason I knew that name is because it's a character from the mighty Ducks. <laughs> and there, there's also like, um, I was trying to remember, uh, Charlie Coyle's name the entire time I was watching the movie because I was like, <laughs> is there a player in the NHL named Charlie Conway? <laughs> and I feel like there's been like a Charlie Conroy as well. You're um, mixing up Kellyanne. Uh, yeah, Kellyanne oh yeah, yeah, Conway. exactly. Yeah, no, but I, um, um, yeah, another, uh, like a couple of funny things that I, uh, that I found while I was like doing a little bit of research on this movie is that this movie was also released with the title champions uh, and some home release copies were printed with the title uh, The Mighty Ducks Are the Champions, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, to avoid confusion with the title of the sequel. But calling the movie The Mighty Ducks Are the Champions, like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Like, yeah, literally, you're giving up the ending of the movie in the, <laughs> the title of the movie. Come on. <laughs> the movie's called The Good Guy Wins. <laughs> uh, this movie is directed by... Stephen Herrick, who I was just reading about the other day, and I was like, I looked at the other movies that some of the other movies that he had directed, and I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Uh, he also directed Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yeah. uh, the 1996 remake of 101 Dalmatians, 
and 2001's Rockstar starring Mark Wahlberg. I don't know how many of you oh, remember no. that movie. These all sound like movies that I've gotten text from Jackson at 2 a.m. <laughs> that he's like, dude, this movie, this movie is about Trotskyism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that sounds like something I would do. Um, yeah, so uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, the who, did, do any of you guys want to give like a uh, a brief plot synopsis here? I'm like, I uh, I drank a little bit too much before uh, we started recording for for Rockstar or for uh, the Mighty, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't think we need to inform our listeners of the plot of uh, 2001's Rockstar starring Mark Wahlberg. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it. I'll give her a whack then. So basically. A hotshot Minnesota lawyer who was once a... It's Christina. (laughs) (laughs) The remake should have Christina as the coach. So, back to the synopsis. Uh, (laughs) Hotshot lawyer who was once a promising hockey player uh, gets really rowdy drunk after winning his 30th case in a row and uh, gets pulled over for drunk driving. And instead of getting disbarred and losing his job, his boss is actually like a really cool guy about it and says, hey, Gordon, you should take this as a moment to improve yourself and better yourself because it's not always about the win. And so he says he'll pay him his full-time salary to go coach community ice hockey for some peewee team that apparently never had a coach. No, they had a coach. He had a heart attack and died, which oh, yeah. is extremely oh, really? fucked up. Oh, I yeah, right. kids, kids movies used to have way more drunk driving in them. They don't make them like these. <laughs> they really don't make them like these. So, Vyas, I actually had a legal question about this scene. Okay, before okay. before we get into that, I did just want to get this in there. But um, one, the the DUI scene is, I think, the, the first, maybe not quite the first, uh, thing in this movie that this movie absolutely nails about hockey having the ex-hockey player get busted on a DUI charge Um, and it's also like a great tie-in with uh, the miracle episode that we did like a year or two ago uh, where we found out later that Jim Craig was like arrested for truck driving after the 1980 uh, like years after the 1980 miracle on ice but anyways what were you gonna ask uh, Elliot? Um, So Vios would Getting a guy who's a defense attorney, catching him for a DUI, and then immediately getting him to be prosecuted by the guy he just beat and the judge who just gave him a win. <laughs> is that good, like, I don't know, judging? Legal <laughs> systeming? I don't just, know the verb. Judgifying? I'm, I'm judgifying. Gonna, I, I don't know. Movie, when the law is presented in movies, uh, it's, it, it may as well just be a cartoon. Um, that Fair. it's like it's the same judge for everything, and yeah, <laughs> there's only one judge in Minneapolis. There's only two cops. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it it is how I think a defense attorney would probably react uh, <laughs> to a cop. Oh, I, I believe that, and he had a very good point about the role of a defense attorney, which was when he's like, "It's your job to put him away. It's not my fault. You suck at like being a prosecutor." <laughs> yeah. 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 I do just want to add to like one thing that I noticed about just while we're on the topic of like the very beginning of the movie. One thing I immediately noticed is how insanely long the title sequences are in in the first one and the and the um, sequel. Like it's just there'll be like one shot of a kid playing hockey and then such a long title sequence just like 
seven names will like dart across a black street screen in, in slow really motion slowly yeah and the yeah. era of like tv shows having three minute long title sequences too so this this is where like i kind of wonder if the intentions of the movie were actually to inspire people to play hockey or if it was a cash grab to just rip off of like the bad news bears with like a growing sport that just had uh the san jose sharks join i think that's a way more accurate like uh reading on on why this movie was made in fact i read a um some sort of well i just did a little bit of reading on this movie i googled it and like clicked on a couple of articles that looked interesting and uh, somewhere in there there was a quote from the director that he was pretty much he said as much like I was just trying to make the bad news bears but for hockey right because there is like a thing where like if you don't get your movie above 90 minutes for a runtime like it will not be distributed in theaters Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you guys noticed this and put notes in your uh little pages there but there is a lot of slow motion (laughs) and flashbacks to stuff you have seen so gordon practicing as a kid is shown in its entirety twice his like penalty shot that like ruins his minor league hockey career is shown in its entirety in slow motion at the beginning in the credit sequences and like for no reason in like the third chunk just to, to remind you if you'd forgotten, if you'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah, if you'd forgotten how he got here. Oh, yeah, here's like the scene main again. thing about his character motivation. Yeah. It remind it reminds me of the way that Wayne Gretzky really biffed it on that one penalty shot in Nagano, and then he had to go coach the Phoenix Coyotes a few years later. <laughs> <laughs> um you just reminded me, Cody, by by describing that that actually the first sequence in this movie that perfectly captures what hockey uh, culture is like is actually the very first thing that you see which is uh or one of the very first things that you see which is the uh the coach just immediately like doing psychological abuse to his 10 year old player and saying like i just want to re- remind you gordon if you miss this shot you're not just letting me down you're letting the whole team down too <laughs> it's just like that's a cool way to talk to a 10 year old but yeah. um the thing that's crazy is that like our crawford energy yeah, we will yeah. we will get into uh, the coach. I think probably uh, quite a bit later sure. on uh, when we talk about sort of our more general observations about this movie after we get through the plot. But I feel like they tried to create a cartoonishly evil like caricature of competitiveness in sport, and accidentally nailed what hockey coaches are actually like yeah like i think they guessed a lot of what hockey is like and inadvertently they perfectly captured what hockey culture really is like in mind like for minor league hockey and it's so funny watching it now especially after watching the enforcers documentary where i'm like these guys are kind of being a little disingenuous to what it's like 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 amongst hockey players in like the locker room and stuff like that and just like how they treat each other on the ice and then you watch this movie that's just kind of like, I don't know, they, you know, they hit each other. What else yeah, is there? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, this is the Mike Babcock uh, origin story. There's a, there's a deleted scene where he gets taught how to kick players in the kidneys without the camera scene. Well, yeah, especially after like the whole coaching carousel that happened last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is really interesting to watch in, in that light. But yeah, so just rolling it back a bit. It's also really funny. So Mr. Ducksworth, which is just this, 
uh, no offense to anyone who's listening to this with this actual last name, but Mr. Ducksworth, there's no way that's real. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but his name's Mr. I forget Ducksworth. about it every time I watch it, and I laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, between the beginning and end of the movie, I laughed because I forgot that his name is Ducksworth. Yeah. Francesco Canuckberg. <laughs> I know. But, like, okay, so, as Mr. Ducksworth is being, like, the coolest boss of all time, Gordon says to his boss, who's, like, really letting him down easy, he's going to find a legal loophole to get out of being caught blatantly drunk driving. And his boss, Mr. Ducksworth, is still like, don't worry, you're going to be a better person after this. And I'm like, this dirtbag lawyer is trying to get out of like, like being like a criminal. And it's just- lawyer, dude. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, in 1992, being a lawyer was the most evil job someone could think of. (laughs) Well, it's because the stock market wasn't that big yet. So all these guys <laughs> who right now would have gone into Goldman Sachs and been on the fucking stock floor with those stupid jackets, they had to go into law. Yeah, let's face it. We've, been, we've invented a lot more evil jobs since then. Yeah, yeah. no, it's true. <laughs> um, I also just thought it was funny that um, the when he's um, pulled over by the cop, it briefly flashes across uh, his the like back end of his car and his license plate says just win yeah <laughs> like yeah. a vanity plate that says just win that was funny actually one thing this movie does really well i think is like little details that do a lot of work in characterization yeah mm. for sure because i do think that like i know we were laughing about this but um shit carter carter uh, banks carter banks yeah <laughs> adam banks it's carter banks right Carter Banks is a is a comet. Yeah, Carter Banks is the guy who played for the Utica Comets. Yeah. You thought was <laughs> he's Adam their captain. Banks. <laughs> Just <laughs> the same guy. This movie. <laughs> okay, but Adam Banks, him wearing even like the name Adam Banks, and yeah. then the then him wearing ninety nine is so is pretty effective mm-hmm. at like pointing him out as the hot shot guy who yeah. like kind of has some character flaws. Like, and then. Bombay's license plate. I think there's a lot of little things that actually do a pretty good job of like telegraphing some character. Right. Which is important because it's a kid's movie and you don't have any like, you know, you can't do anything like actual filmmaking. And I think that's probably why we look at D2 and we're like, this is like the most hollow, vapid garbage because there's none of that. It's just, yeah. look, they're playing hockey. Get well, over it. Well, because if if this movie had just gone on with the tone it has in the first 30 minutes it would be excellent mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, the, the, sure. the the first like t- yeah like 20 30 minutes of this movie are really funny um i think somewhat intentionally and then somewhat unintentionally but yeah. then it just becomes like uh it just devolves into being your sort of standard like sports movie without any of the direction that makes standard sports movies work yeah and and then and then in d2 like the biggest problem with that movie is that it's it's just that like it doesn't have any has nothing going yeah 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 so So, mr ducksworth says to gordon bombay i need you to do some character development (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> he, he said he says to bombay have you seen the bad news bears we want you to do that but for a hockey team yeah <laughs> i thought that was weird that they like had that line in the movie but uh it it was pretty like 
it couldn't be more on the nose than everything Mr. Ducksworth says in that scene. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I also really enjoyed the part where Charlie Conway says, we're going to become the Mighty Ducks. I thought that was, uh... <laughs> yeah. And then he looked at the camera and winked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, plot synopsis, he, he, uh, he gets told what to do. And then he takes a, a fancy limo to go see his team practicing on an outdoor rink. But I think it's a pond. And he tells his limo driver to drive onto it and it'll be fine. Yeah, that but, rocked. Like that That's a bold move. I got the joke here was that like, it clearly was just like a flooded, you know, like a flooded surface, not an actual pond. Yeah. Whereas the driver wouldn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the driver's like freaking sense. out, even though uh, he knows it's solid ground. He's a hockey guy. Right. Yeah. Another note here. One of my favorite lines in this movie is when he first meets the uh, the ducks for the first time and gives them a uh, a sort of pep talk, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "Listen up, I hate hockey and I don't like kids," <laughs> which is actually identical to the speech that Trent Cole gives the Utica Comets <laughs> at the beginning of every. <laughs> Wildly accurate, yeah. That was really yep. good. <laughs> That's why there's no Europeans in this movie. So anyway, Trent Cole uh, gives his rousing speech and uh, <laughs> tries to rally the troops to show them what they're made of. By the way, the kids also think he's going to pull out a gun on them. Yes, that's also <laughs> yeah. great. Like, like you were saying earlier, like they do a good job painting like the fact that like, they're inner city kids or whatever. Like they're not like the cake eaters, and I'm using uh, air quotes here. Like they're really trying to paint the idea like they're from the wrong side of the tracks. Like you hear like the police sirens going off like when they go to Charlie's house at one point. Right. Yeah. Like so you kind of get the idea like okay like they're you're supposed to be rooting for them purely out of the fact like that they're just a bunch of like shitty kids that like don't have the money to play but they they just want to have fun. But that's one of the things that really like makes it hard to suspend disbelief about this movie is that like uh, the kids are like. First of all, the this hockey team is not only like poor, which is already hard to believe uh, <laughs> when we're talking about minor hockey, but there's yeah. also like some girls and there's like a bunch of black kids and like a couple <laughs> of Jewish kids. And it's yeah. like, this team is, this is 1992 Minnesota. This team is way the, too The Jewish diverse. goalie was the least believable part about this. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it is a cartoon after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also that they let one of the kids forget his name wear a Soviet hat for like the first yes. 20 minutes of the, of the show. That oh, better that be rocks. the, oh, the Ushanka. Yeah. The Ushanka. Dave, Dave yeah, Karp. Yeah. Dave Karp. Yeah. If you, uh, if you, if you look up the actor who plays him, like he's, he's like one of those fat kids that got really ripped <laughs> like when he grew up. And so he constantly posts pictures of like him, like in like the mighty ducks or in the movie heavyweights where he would like play the fat kid at fat cam, which Total side note, Heavyweights is fucking awesome. Yeah, Don't I've ever watch it as an adult, but because okay, like, yeah, it does not hold up. Right. But I've only it, ever it heard the RGS uh, review of it. Me yeah, too, yeah. Sam. It, it's, it was great as a kid. I, I turned it off like 20 minutes into watching it as an adult because <laughs> it was just so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, that guy, he constantly lives through the fact that he was Dave Karp on uh, the Mighty Ducks, and he, it's just every picture is just him like shredded out of his mind next to a picture watch. of him as like a big fat kid with the bull chop. It's it's amazing. <laughs> the coach, by the way, looks like Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, and he acts like him, which he is does. amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're right? 
Yeah, like I, I had to check a couple times that it wasn't him. Like I, I, I knew it wasn't him. He looks too different, but he's but yeah. he's a lot older. Yeah. yeah, 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 a fair bit, I would say. But yeah, so it's actually been a couple of days since I've seen it, and it's not fresh in my mind. So I, but I, from what I remember, they, uh, you know, he gives them their 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 sort of pep talk, uh, which is not a pep talk at all. And then we, this is around the time where we kind of get into the like central conflict of the movie, which mm-hmm. is between uh, Emilio Estevez and the coach of the Hawks, um, who are the kind of like, you know, hotshot rich kid team in the district. That Really wins. your standard kids movie sports film. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they got the Blue Lives Matter trim. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the same blue line. <laughs> yeah. it's the yeah it's a local pd's kids team probably but yeah <laughs> uh, just for the yeah for the viewer it's like a black they're, they're black jerseys and they have like well literally i think a little bit blue. of blue piping it's really thin blue line shit and yeah. the logo is like the iron eagle <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. like i've seen the isolated pictures on google just because i was looking up like some of the jerseys from the, the movie and it's straight up like it could be a nazi jersey it is very bizarre but yeah the eagle on the back or i guess the hawk on the back is blue yeah interesting stuff uh (laughs) shout out their jofa helmets by the way oh yeah there's so many jofa helmets it's great that was one detail as we as we alluded to earlier this movie does not do a very good job of depicting hockey but it does do a very good job of of like depicting sort of random details and cultural stuff and i did appreciate the jofa helmets a lot that was great mm. um so from from what i remember the kind of next big thing that happens is that the ducks play a couple of games and are immediately revealed to be just absolutely incompetent and terrible and so Coach Bombay begins to uh, teach them how to dive and sell penalties, <laughs> which is probably my favorite scene in the movie because yes. I was just I was like disappointed this didn't come back at the end. You're nail they like they really for the first like half hour or so they really nail it um, because like <laughs> this is identical to basically how I imagine Elaine Vigneault coached from about like 2009 <laughs> to, to 2013. The goalie kind of looks like Luongo, too, if you just put his hair back. <laughs> Speaking of the goalie, you got to mention that scene where uh, where they tie him up to the net. And they say it's your bar mitzvah. That's hazing, yeah. man. That's yeah. the, this is the most anti-Semitic movie Disney's put out since Walt died. <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, I did not appreciate that scene. <laughs> Was he alive for this? Was this his? Was that his dying wish? <laughs> Make sure you shoot a bunch of pucks at the Jewish kid. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like Wall. Yeah, about 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 thirty twenty seven years after he died. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it was in, maybe it was in his will. Yeah, this leads so. me yeah. to um, uh, another one of my favorite production notes about. We do not movie. co-sign that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, um, that I while I was reading about it, I discovered that apparently, like. Basically, all the kids in this movie lied about being able to skate. So, like, they were trying to cast children that, like, had some (laughs) kind of background in skating, and they all just lied. Oh, my. Really? And they're hard to be. 
And they apparently like had to take a bunch of time off to teach all the kids how to like at least skate well enough to be like passable. Yeah, like obviously, obviously, huge chunks of the movie are body doubles, but like they had to be able to at least you know stay upright on skates for you know Mm -hmm. dozens of scenes in this movie. So I did think that was really funny because I I was kind of like, yeah, what did you expect was going to (laughs) happen? Like, um, uh, I think, you know, when we did the miracle episode with Justin, one of the things that we pointed out is how like most of the actors in that movie are actually just like failed hockey players. Yeah. yeah. And Mm -hmm. it actually works quite well because they don't have to act that much because they're just totally believable as And the few things they have to act are things that like, you can probably teach someone to method act from their own experience as a hockey player. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're mad that you have to play with your ex like hated rival. Like, yeah, I, I, I had that yeah. experience. I can do that. <laughs> I, yeah. this, I realize this might be nitpicky, but like, that's my number one criticism of this movie is just that like specifically in this more so in the second one than this one, but it's still very prevalent in the first one. It's just that like all the hockey just looks like shit. And I know they're kids, but I just like there were so many scenes where there's a shot of a kid like very obviously taking the limpest wrist shot ever. And they're filming like only the face. And then the next shot is just like a reverse shot of the puck going in the net. And that's like every goal. And, yeah. Um, it just made like. Jackson, you don't even like watching hockey. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> um it it made it made like the fact that there is so much hockey in this this movie and then specifically more specifically the sequel uh like hard hard to sit through at times um but yeah i I mean i I did notice too like based like what you're saying about the shots or whatever like all the shots on goal and like the goals themselves are usually like wraparounds or whatever but whenever they try to do the this is a wrister from like the corner they always look so bad well it's because they never match continuity right no yeah there's no attempt it's just like uh they get the idea and this is what i mean about like how people saying like oh it's a kid's movie is like not yeah because this is my biggest problem with this movie is ultimately like being lazy on the hockey production yeah there's a then like the horrible like cartoon sequences like after the kids trick that guy into opening the purse full of dog poop <laughs> and then it's like cartoon music and they're running away and it's like it's like animaniacs yeah yeah it's like this did not need to happen they, they, like, look they didn't have much money left over because they had to buy the fucking team, <laughs> the real team. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they, disney had one budget like like one category and it was create this brand and they had to split it between the movie and the team but they decided to make or to buy the team after they saw how successful the movie was i don't think it was like they were banking on it i think it was just like like i said i think it's just a it was just an attempt to be a cheap cash grab and then it was like oh this made money oh hockey makes money okay well So we've, we've already built the brand much to the shock of Emilio Estevez, apparently, because I read yeah. in an interview that he was completely shocked at the success of these movies, huh. which, um, which makes sense given his acting through a lot of the movie. Yeah. Seems like he's completely phoning it in. He sounds like he's 12 years old. The whole fucking thing. What's he's shockingly bad. in yeah. uh, like particularly in, in the second movie, but in, in this first one as well, like he's just he's completely phoning it in and i i don't 
he's been in a lot of good movies. Yeah. But after watching this one, I'm <laughs> like debating internally whether or not he was actually good in any of them or if uh, movies were just good enough to sort of like transcend his <laughs> shitty acting. Um, I do th- I, I do think like honestly the the kids movie criticism or um, defense rather from criticism is like not completely fair because I would say that like first of all there are plenty of good kids movies that are not super cheesy and there are even kids movies that like do hockey a lot better i don't know how many of you have seen inside out um which yeah it was a cartoon awesome. but uh the hockey in that movie is animated spectacularly mm. um and so like i don't i don't buy that like a, a movie being for kids is like a defense against it being bad but i will say that there are there's definitely things that like would have made this movie better but wouldn't have worked in the context of being a Disney movie for kids because like really uh, the, the way to make this movie and have it be like, have it live up to its full potential is to retain the tone of the first half hour where uh, where Gordon Bombay is just like singularly focused on winning and like uh, (laughs) wants to like stick it to his old coach and like never changes. And uh, to have, instead of Emilio Estevez, his brother, Charlie Sheen, be the coach. (laughs) That that would have made this like perfect. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why you couldn't do that. Do you think that, Charlie Sheen got his uh, winning quote from the license plate in this movie. I could see it honestly. I would not. I would not be surprised. Years behind, Twenty years behind. It's also so funny to me that like Martin Sheen and uh, and uh, Charlie Sheen like are just like stealing Irish val- valor and are actually Hispanic. I don't know why that like goes. Yeah, it's like cool. Carlos Estevez is Charlie's name, right, or something like that. It shook me to the to the bone when I found out that these guys were all related. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, Martin Sheen's real name was Ramon Estevez, um, which is like, it's 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 just so funny because it, like Martin Sheen to me is like maybe the whitest actor of all time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no yeah. So it was very like like if that was found jarring. out before his if that was found out before his presidential run in the West Wing, he would have tanked. <laughs> <laughs> campaign never lasted more than a term by the way i'm at the scene i'm just like want have the movie on playing in the background sure. again uh like 37 minutes in the kid who wants who who wants emilio estevez to rail his mom uh it's kinda, so weird he kind of looks like young jackson i believe that yeah i could i could believe yeah that. that's why we're reviewing the movie that's <laughs> yeah no i was actually in this movie that's the <laughs> i've been lying about my age i'm actually approximately 15 years older than uh i said that i was and uh, I've never uh seen my and so. jackson is actually not my real name my real name is joshua jackson so um <laughs> oh now, my god you know yeah. uh time to reveal that's the way i was able to bankroll this podcast is, uh, <laughs> through my multiple tv and film roles yeah we we, we actually rent out commercial space to record this show <laughs> the only podcast in town that does that yeah, it's pretty sweet. So I think from from this moment on, it pretty much becomes your standard kids sports. Yeah, movie. yeah. Um, it's it it's mainly about two things that basically every movie in the '90s was about, which was uh, either 
trying to beat someone from uh, the other side of the tracks in some sort of competition and trying to find a suitable guy to fuck and marry your mom, um, which is basically from, from what I remember, like every 90s movie. Um, Sorry, we can continue the plot. I, I just had something to mention about the rink. I don't know. If we're oh, no, please. Sure. Talk about the rink. Did anybody notice uh, one of the words that's like really large in the rink in certain scenes? No. no. Well, one of the teams they play is the Coon Sydney Cardinals. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's yep. what I was Yeah. Yikes. Oh, I, I didn't know that wasn't their home rink. Uh, no, that's an away game for them. Okay, okay. Because uh, like, the, first, the first game, like the, the first kind of moment of conflict is that the Hawks players go up to the two Hall brothers with Averman or whatever, and they're like, oh, it's the Oreo line. And like oh, yeah. my jaw dropped. That was shocking. Yes. Like, I because obviously you're a kid, you're not even gonna pick up on this, right? No. And but like as an adult, I was like, oh my god! Like an adult wrote this and thought like this is good for a kids movie. Yeah. Yeah, and the shocking thing about that is that so at first you can there's a little bit of plausible deniability because the person saying it is like a bad guy. Yeah. Like they're the, they're the, it's intentionally bad. And so you could be like, okay, they're trying to paint this other team as like, you know, mean and like racist or whatever. Right. But then later in the movie, Gordon Bombay refers to the line as the Oreo. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so strange and weird. And the kids look at him and they're like, thanks, coach. And it's like, (laughs) but you were so mad earlier. So, so well, which, which is it? He is an it's, Oreo it's okay. Pass. It's okay when he says it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him the uh, the card that well, said it well, was okay. He's, well, he's one of my people. <laughs> Let's cut out this whole half hour. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Just just play this half hour like three times in a row and like increase the volume i can't wait till i get to edit one of these episodes no oh, yeah <laughs> that is that, what's gonna happen that'll be good we're yeah. playing music throughout the whole thing <laughs> speaking of music the music in this movie is so bad oh yeah like, for like a low rent like kid like like yeah sports ragtag movie or whatever the music is so bad and i noticed so hearkening back to the 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 poop purse Mm-hmm. And that chase scene, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the music rips off the Home Alone theme. No, I definitely I was not. trying oh, to pick, was up on that. pick up on that. that. That felt familiar to me. If you if you rewatch the scene, like the chase scene, and then listen to, I think it's called Holiday Chase or something like that. Oh yeah, sorry. Holiday Flight is what it's called. If you listen to that song and then rewatch that scene, it is clear cut. The, the guy, the composer, just ripped it off, <laughs> put in a few That'll... different like sweat, like swells in the violins or whatever. It's the same thing. It's so funny. That's the scene where they're about to go to the airport, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. so that Got is it. stolen and it is. Oh, it's yeah, that is bang on. And it's yeah. like an iconic song and you can hear it in this stupid scene about them running away from a poop purse. I'm upset that they didn't bring the poopers back or a similar <laughs> joke uh, in like the final game um, <laughs> where like they do it to like the opposing coach or something. That would have been sweet. That would have been cool. Yeah. Just, just to cement how bad coach Riley is. He steals uh, Charlie's mom's purse <laughs> in like yeah. the first game. And then in the third game, he steals it, but it's full of poop <laughs> and, and he pops his collar 
for the 800th time. Okay. And he gets poop all over his collar. So, <laughs> so let's Perfect. Uh, obviously, I mean, I think at this point it's obvious that, you know, the remaining plot of the movie is basically. Uh, if you've seen one sports movie, yeah. you know yeah. what happens. The Emilio Estevez uh, successfully seduces Charlie Conway's mom. <laughs> And they win the championship, which actually I was just thinking about um, the one thing, one like underrated element of this movie is that the player who caused your only championship loss in the past 20 years also being the coach who hands you your next championship loss 20 years later is actually a pretty good sports storyline. For sure. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that like. You know, that's a 30 like, for 30. Yeah, like uh, that's the kind of thing that I, I like. I talk when I talk to people in the industry that that's the kind of story they would kill for, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. But, you know, it's it's essentially just as as Elliot said, like you've seen one sports movie, you've seen them all pretty much. Um, but I think the the we really need to carve out a section here to just talk about the coach, the opposing team's coach in this movie, who is absolutely chewing the scenery and just making the most of this like what could have just been a paint by numbers like <laughs> kids movie villain this guy really sells it and uh, i have a lot of respect for it ounce that estevez phones this in <laughs> yeah this man commits yeah for sure he oh my god where do you even begin with him because it's just the first scene, he comes off like he's going to be sympathetic. Or sorry, not first scene, but like when they meet when up they meet as adults, for the first time right? as adults. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you know what a shame how that game turned out." And good luck today. And you're like, oh, "Okay, this is kind of weird." And then he starts popping. He pops his collar as he walks away, which is cool. Very uh, boss thing to do mm-hmm. every time you're uh, talking with someone. He, and then he, he has the most amazing. So much. It's amazing. Oh, it's every. I think it's every scene, every shot for sure. I think there's there's one scene he doesn't do it and it's bizarre because you're like, oh, he didn't do it. That's a shit. So just to um, just to throw this out there, because I feel like he deserves a shout out here. The actor is Lane Smith and the, uh, the character's name is Jack Riley. He is the coach of the Hawks. He is, I think, really like the perfect representation of like the id of the NHL coach. Like he is just so singularly focused on winning so unbelievably and cartoonishly abusive towards his players that it comes across as like an unintentional, perfect satire of like hockey culture that I guarantee was not on purpose at all. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In real life, this actual coach is currently uh, forced to play, to coach in the in the KHL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. After <laughs> after a controversy. that he, He's yelling at Nikolai Goldobin for not dropping down and blocking shots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, he has, he has one of the funniest quotes in that opening like game against the Ducks when he's like, <laughs> they've scored like five goals. And he's like, now... Let's run it up. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. And all the kids and the parents in the crowd are cheer- like saying the motto. Yeah. And yeah. they're so they're so thrilled with themselves. Hey man, you want to win by one point or 30 points? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Coach Howie Ratner. He, he's the <laughs> That'd anti- be a great movie. That the anti John Cooper. 
coaching his kids basketball team. There's also a great uh, point in, in at the end of the movie where they are they're like in danger of losing to the Ducks. And he says, like, if you guys lose this game, none of you are making the team next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, which like uh, this goes back to the like the 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 director, the writer, whatever, not understanding like minor league hockey and that like there shouldn't be tryouts at this stage. I don't think like it's, it's clearly based on like division lines, like district lines. That's yes. a huge well, point. No, it so does. it's just yeah. like, it has to, because that's been established in earlier in the movie when Gordon Bombay does some Lawrence, Gor- Lawrence Gilman shit to get Adam Banks onto his team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, looks up the local gerrymandering rules and then he, uh, <laughs> He yeah, wins a championship. Off successfully of it. gets the best player from the other. That's the best thing about this movie is that like the Ducks only win because they get like a generational forward from another <laughs> yeah. team based on a technicality. Yeah, this is like, just how the Montreal Canadiens won twenty four cups. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say like it does kind of prefigure like uh, the the current NHL in a lot of ways because there are a bunch of things like a bunch of weird arcane rules and things that happen in this movie that legitimately only make sense if they're playing based off of modern NHL rules or even more complicated ones. Because like there's a scene where the, the ducks, like it's near the end of the movie where they can only win and they can only make the playoffs if they win uh, in, in regulation. Right. So they like pull the goalie. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is incredibly bizarre. Like, I, I, it, it, it like, um, as a, as a nerd, it really like, happened with the Canucks at one point, didn't it? it? I th- feel like it did. As a, as a nerd, it frustrated me so much that they didn't <laughs> establish, like, why. Yeah. <laughs> no, they that, mentioned that they, they need a win, not a tie. Yeah. But, but the, th- uh, but the yeah. thing is, is that there's no, and I like, think their league doesn't have OT because I think okay, earlier in the yeah. movie, there's a game that ends at the end of the third period in a tie. Uh, yeah. That's, but I think really their league weird. doesn't do OT. I also love that um, the, the they also establish that like the only reason that they make the playoffs is because they like one of the teams all got the measles <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. had to withdraw. I mean, they would have been up there with the Hawks because they have baby Sidney Crosby, but uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that this movie got too real for me because it started to echo exactly what happened with the Canucks, where the only reason they got into a playoff situation was because of a disease <laughs> taking, out a pitch, taking out the season of a team. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, and oh, my favorite. The other, but the amazing thing is that they still have to beat one team to make the playoffs because I guess it's like a 12 team league and the top 10 teams make the playoffs. I want to see a movie about the one team that was worse than the Ducks. Yeah. That was kick ass. That's That's the one where where Charlie Sheen is... Sorry, Cody? Sorry, I was going to say... That's where the theme falls apart about the ragtag bunch of losers overcoming adversity. Because like when you establish in your movie that there's a team worse than them, then suddenly the ragtag bunch of losers aren't the ragtag bunch of losers. Because yeah. there's a worse team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's also very much like the modern NHL because it's a <laughs> 10 team league and eight teams make the playoffs, which is just very NHL. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Also, what league is allowing dark versus dark jerseys? A Fair. league that knows what's up. But what, what league That's also fair, lets <laughs> their goalie play without pads? 
Like game yeah. one, Goldberg doesn't have pads. A kid's wearing a football helmet. Like what kind of shoddy Minneapolis <laughs> minor league hockey system is like, ah, screw the kid's safety. That's good enough. That is like one of the things that, that I find mildly frustrating about this movie <laughs> is that like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if you had just adjusted this by like 5%, it would have been yep. so much more believable. Yeah. Like, because it, like it, they have equipment from the eighties, like, they have 15 year old equipment, not they're using newspapers rolled up instead of shin pads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where it's like, this would work if you either committed to it being like a serious minor hockey program or like a house league. It right. doesn't make sense to have like base essentially like the London Knights playing against a junior C team or something like like there's just there's certain elements of it where you're like what i don't understand what like league this movie takes yeah. place in. how would this the, league exist one of the uh most frustrating examples of that is that and this is a scene that we're gonna have to like i'm basically opening up another thread here because we're gonna have to talk about it but the scene where they go to the uh carolina hurricanes dallas stars game um is uh in minnesota the minute do you get the joke you don't get the joke do you vs oh that's um, a pretty good joke <laughs> right oh i'm sad God. that nobody got it um but uh uh okay but anyways in the scene wait, wait, i have i can i just like quickly also thread into that yeah. too uh speaking of the london knights yeah uh one of the part owners alongside mark and dale hunter yes uh well we're gonna mention his name later and it's not it's not Mike Madonna. Oh, all right. Well, I can't wait to get really to that. okay. Right. So there are so many baffling things about the scene where he takes them to a Hartford Whalers Minnesota North Stars game, which again, just I have to get to this point before we can rewind and get to all the other stuff. But one of the things that uh, one of the players says to him is like, "Yeah, you were an amazing like junior hockey player. I could get you a tryout in the minor leagues if you want." Gordon Bombay stopped playing hockey when he was like 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. universe does this movie take place in? So like Bombay's 31. He hasn't played hockey since he was 13. Yeah. Doesn't matter how good he was. He missed out on Legend, like baby. five years of skill development. And like, he, he's completely, utterly detrained. Actually, he's not even detrained. He's never trained. They... Some NHL stars didn't start playing hockey until after that age. <laughs> that is true, but they like it's one of those frustrating things where they nail like the fact that basically every professional hockey player is like on a track from birth to be a professional hockey player. But then like it, it's just it's it's just it's frustrating because they don't commit to like one particular league viewpoint. They 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 just like try to shoehorn in all these disparate elements and so it just like it kept taking me out of it because i kept just wondering like what's the deal with this league <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it is both like apparently a league that fosters once in a gener generation players but also like will allow your goalie to play without pads <laughs> or a proper and will let your goalie play in a fucking flyers jersey with d5 scrawled on it in sharpie which absolutely whips yeah hell yeah that was I, cool i will admit that I, I would argue though that um this one player offering gordon bombay a tryout based on their time together as nine-year-olds that is actually pretty like 
again inadvertently this movie capturing the old boys or the old <laughs> white man hockey club that is the NHL sure, because yeah. that is probably how people get tryouts is they knew a, a rich white guy who plays hockey yeah this is probably how the Burnaby Winter Club works like yeah, I mean, honestly, if it was if it was instead of like instead of being like I can get you a tryout in the minor league, it was like I can get you an AGM position in the minor leagues. It would be completely <laughs> believable. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, didn't we uh, play yeah. hockey together for uh, like ten minutes when each of us was nine years old? <laughs> yeah, I can get you like yeah. a two hundred thousand dollar a year job in the AHL. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> um, On the other hand, hey bud, do you want to be our capologist? <laughs> yeah. You're a lawyer. You probably know numbers. Yeah. Does your son want to be one of our scouts? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it just like it'd be really funny for an NHL player to like look at look at somebody who might have skill and be like, "Hey, you should try out for the ECHL." Like, I feel like they wouldn't even bring that up. They'd be like, "That's cool, man." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this brings up another interesting thing, which is this movie's relationship with the Minnesota North Stars. Okay. Yes. Let's right. uh, because Let's there is so much other NHL gear for the first 30 minutes of the movie. You see shark stuff, yeah. you see obviously a bunch of flyers stuff, you think you see some king stuff, like, but there's multiple teams, not one item of Minnesota North Stars kit to the point where I kind of thought this movie took place after the North Stars moved. Yeah, right. There's one of the scenes where there's like a public skate or something, I think. Uh, I forget what's what scene, but there's a kid in the distance wearing a black North Stars jersey, and, and like I just noticed that now in my second watch. Okay, they probably That's couldn't it. afford the rights, is my guess. But, the, the, no, but they had a bunch of other NHL but, stuff, and they had an actual North Stars practice and North Stars Whalers. I was gonna say there's no way that they didn't that they didn't have the rights because we're burying the lead here, but this movie does feature cameos from actual minnesota north stars players at the time and i would say that d2 is just baffling uh moment layered on top of baffling moment but hands down (laughs) the most baffling moment in this movie is that the cameos that they secured for the movie were from the minnesota north stars were mike madano okay makes sense and Basil McRae, <laughs> who Basil I looked McCray, up uh, after watching this movie. And uh, first of all, the season that he like the season he would have been playing in when they filmed this movie was his last season with the North Stars. And there were there were 14 forwards on, or 14 players on the team that had more points than Basil McRae that season. <laughs> but apparently he was their enforcer. So. I feel like maybe that partially explains his appearance in this movie. Like maybe it was, it, maybe the equivalent would be like Pavel Branch, you know, Ojik. But yeah, yeah, that's maybe. what I was thinking too. But the thing is, if McCray is the one who played minor or like Pee Wee with Bombay, McCray's Canadian. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I was yeah. thinking like it would be a reasonable they, they explanation if he was like the one hometown kid if this movie took place in 2020. Vancouver, you know, Troy Stetcher, and then, you know, some smart asses having a podcast are like, well, why'd they get Troy Stetcher? Like, it would make sense, though, because he's local. But no. Basil McRae is a character from Austin Powers. <laughs> Basil McRae is a herb and the street that I used to live on last year. <laughs> I, I did enjoy, like, 
when we were all watching uh, this movie for the first time, just all the insane player combinations we came up with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like Marcus Naslin and Brandon Reed yeah. growing up in a movie. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Washington All Stars, Alex Ovechkin and Jay Beagle. Or yeah, Nick, exactly. Nick Dowd, even. Yeah. 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 No, that's honestly better. <laughs> it's uh, Daniel Sedin and Jason Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's like Henrik Sedin and Patrick White. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, pretty much. Like, you could do. Alex Burroughs and Victor Oreskovich. <laughs> you could do dozens of them as we do. Oh, yeah, I got my last one. Okay. That's like Pavel Bure and Mark Messier. (laughs) 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 I did think it was interesting though, um, the game that they that they go to is between uh, for those of you that missed the reference earlier, it's between the Minnesota North Stars and the Hartford Whalers, and both those teams relocated very soon after this movie was made. And it's something that instantly dates it. Uh, in a way that's like entertaining to a hockey fan. <laughs> so one of the other things that I wanted to touch on about this movie that I think is like it, something that's amusing in the first one and then incredibly irritating in the second one when they're ostensibly supposed to be like creating a team of the the best like minor hockey players in the country is um, the sort of like numerous tropes that a lot of the players on the team sort of like subconsciously or consciously reference like for example the figure skater that they just like get to play hockey because they're a really good skater or uh the guy who absolutely cannot skate at all but has a big booming shot um Fulton Reed whips um but the thing that I appreciated the most um about the sequel was the Lewis Mendoza character who can skate like the wind but can't stop. Um, and, then there's, <laughs> and then there's one scene where, like, it's it's the most beautiful scene. He learns how to stop, and then he, uh, at, like, the climax of the movie, he gets a breakaway, and then he's, like, skating incredibly fast, and he gets the breakaway, and then he just stops, and he starts shouting, I stopped! I stopped! And then uh, Gordon Bombay goes... Lewis, you're supposed to shoot or something like that. Like you have to shoot. And I was like, this is exactly what it's like to coach Jake for Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, Fulton Reed also like his one skill being his slap shot. He also invented the drop pass zone entry. Yo, that's the more important hockey play that this movie pioneered. Not the flying V. Yeah. But the, the flying V is only the second best zone entry in this movie. Yeah. The, the flying V is great because it's um, I feel like that's the one thing in this movie. Like if that had been their only completely ridiculous uh, hockey play that's depicted in this movie, it would have been fantastic because it's yeah. so it's very, it, it feels like they're very much in on the joke with that one where it's like very consciously winking at itself and being like, Hey, like, and the thing is like, you can talk yourself into thinking the flying V would work in Pee Wee because the other team would just be like, wait, what, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then like for just long enough that you could get into the zone and like cause some chaos. Mm-hmm. Like you can see how you can talk yourself into thinking it would work, but then there's so many other things that are just silly that you're just like, okay. Well, yeah. Like cool. the, the girl, the figure skating girl who just like does the spin for like 30 seconds and it's like they would just skate up to you and concuss you that's but that's almost like a sean avery move though (laughs) (laughs) 
do that that's right true, in front honestly. of the goalie. I hadn't, th- I hadn't yeah. thought of that. It's yeah. like she had the puck either. One of the main points that was uh, in my head throughout this was thinking once I realized, because I didn't realize this was Minnesota until pretty late in the movie. Uh, <laughs> it, it was really once I saw Mike Budano and Basil McRae, who sure. uh, I will I'll add, start. Uh, runs player development for the Blue Jackets. Um, this, ho- this movie, Disney movie, about a small team called the Mighty Ducks, set in Minnesota, Min- in Minneapolis, a hockey hotbed America-wise. Yes. Then the team gets moved, and then a team gets built out of this movie somewhere else. And so you lose your team, but like they made... <laughs> They made another team based off of your town. Yeah. But you didn't even like, yeah. it, it, there's something like I, I said this to you guys in the third, this it's, it's got a similar thread to what cultural appropriation feels like. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody made art based off of like trauma that you've gone through. <laughs> like, or like in spite of the trauma that they've got, they've put onto you. Yes. So like if I'm a Minnesota hockey fan or like if I'm a kid in Minnesota, grows up watching this movie this is amazing this is about this is about my town this is about what i grew up in and then they move the fucking team and then they make one in anaheim based off of that i would never watch this movie again absolutely so Vios, these two events are actually much closer related than you think okay this is gonna blow my mind so this movie came out in 92 at the same time in 1992 uh the owner of the north stars was trying to move the team to la to be the la stars apparently oh wow but out of the Honda Center awesome. in Anaheim. Stars. But because Disney was like, oh, this movie made us a ton of money. We got to make the Mighty Ducks. Instead, they uh, asked Green if he could move the team to anywhere else. And then Green chose Dallas. And then the team left and became the wow. Dallas Stars and won a cup due to a bad call over Dominic Asik in <laughs> 1999. I think so many people have been wrong through this. I think we've... Yeah. Uh, alluded to this in past episodes, but I just have this weird grudge against the Dallas stars where like, I, I dislike them way more than makes sense. Um, yeah, I completely agree with this because I, I like we've, we've alluded to it before, but like, obviously, you know, I, uh, I don't like the Dallas stars because I have a grudge against Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan because of what they said about For the sure. cities, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have that, even though I forget it all the time. I'm like, totally. oh, yeah, that's why I hate them. And then uh, I also have a grudge against the stars because they had like weirdly terrible fans on our hockey. Um, <laughs> but, but neither of those may like really explain why I still dislike them. And I think honestly, my real reason for this is that there is no place in America that deserved a hockey team more than Minnesota, because it is like the only state in America where hockey is comparable in popularity to like how it is in Canada. And for them to go kind of go through the Quebec thing where you lose your team and then they very quickly win a Stanley cup afterwards. um, Yeah is really you know that's a bummer i mean that's why that's why the quebec sovereignty movement happened (laughs) (laughs) fuck this fuck all of you um but the the (laughs) thing i think that that bums me that i hate the most is that like minnesota does end up getting a team again you know a decade later but they're they suck so much like like milk toast the minnesota wild are my don't get this the wrong don't take this the wrong way 
because I don't hate them the way I hate teams that I hate. Like I don't hate them yeah, the way I hate the Oilers. Hate is a strong emotion, and you cannot yes. have a strong emotion with exactly. Minnesota Wild. But yeah. they are my like least favorite team in the league. They're so boring. They've never <laughs> had a star player, really. At least when like the Boston Bruins are good, it's like it's fun to hate them. Yeah, exactly. I hate yeah. them. For the sure. Minnesota Wild. And then, and then they're, they're like your little brother you beat on. But then you think about Dallas and you think about like, you know, the kind of players that they've had, um, obviously Mike Medano, but then when they won the Stanley cup, they had like Brett Hull. And then even now with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, like all of these guys are way better, more marketable players than the Minnesota wild have ever had, except for maybe Marion Gabrick. And it's so depressing. And I think that that might be that that might contribute to part of the reason why I just dis why like the Dallas stars are probably in my top, like, like just squeak into my top five most hated teams, which makes no sense based <laughs> on like divisional rivalries from the past or et cetera, et cetera. Like, but I, I feel like, when when you consider the the relocation aspect, that might partially explain why I dislike them so much. It's also yeah for me like with the Dallas Stars too. It's like oh like this movie. It was like I don't remember when I first watched it, but through osmosis, I know that I did at some point. <laughs> at some point, I started to dislike the Dallas Stars, and through osmosis, thirty years later of living, I just dislike them through. I don't couldn't pinpoint the start point, but I just know it's there. I do have one little piece of reading material here, but I, I did just want to ask, I know Vyasu haven't seen it, but uh, before I get into it, do you guys, is there anything you guys want to say about D2 just because, you know, it's, there's really not enough going on there for it to warrant its own episode, but just um, if, if there's any like stray observations that you want to get out there about the sequel, I'll, I'll let you guys have the floor here to just, uh, to just talk about that for a minute. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I thought as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I uh, I do want to just mention though is how all of the things in this movie that this movie gets wrong that feel like cute are just totally aggravating in the sequel. I think largely because it's on a national stage, and it, it's just not remotely believable to anyone who follows hockey at all which i know is such a nerd criticism but like okay but what like why is the bad like the big bad iceland yeah like it costs them nothing to like if they made it sweden it's believable like you're not losing out any more like you're still going to sell the exact same number of movie tickets guys exactly and and like it's one of those things where it's just like it's a small detail it costs you nothing to get right why not just and make it, it And then it takes you it, out of it that they got it wrong, right? Yeah, yeah pe- exactly. People remember that movie more for the fact that the villains are Iceland, a team like notoriously known for not having an, an, like an ice hockey presence yeah. in the world despite its name. So like right off the bat, when you introduce your villains as like Iceland, I bet everyone in the theaters is like, what? <laughs> like, I, like I have a passing, like if I was in the audience, I have a passing knowledge of hockey and I know that, Iceland has like nothing to do with ice yeah, hockey. Yeah, it's it feels like purposely alienating to anyone who who is a hockey fan who's seeing the movie and and it it also just plays into the whole feeling that these movies have which is that like the people who are involved in it treated hockey as an afterthought a little bit 
And the, the yeah. thing that kills me about it is just that like, it doesn't get anything right. Like, first of all, obviously, like, I do think it's completely fine to have the plot where it's not believable, but it's fine considering the context of the movie that like, it's like, oh, he's going to bring in most of his old team and then also bring in like these five phenoms from the rest of the country. Like, okay, fine. That's fine. But then like- But then why do they all have like comical flaws? In their yeah, exactly. Game? It's like, you're telling me, you're telling me you couldn't find- five hockey players that didn't have a, a notoriously fatal flaw that like hasn't yeah, been corrected like the kid yet. who can't stop the kid who insists on bringing a lasso onto the ice which is like extremely not allowed <laughs> yeah a figure skater who doesn't know how to play hockey <laughs> and then a woman <laughs> <laughs> no but like so but what's supposed Who's to be the Julie's... best player yeah, she, and like she should have been starting the entire time. Yeah, that she's that, like I, that was so. I I love how unintentionally misogynistic that was. Yeah, but like no, you're you're absolutely right. Like like she should be the the starting goaltender, and then they put her in, um, for the for the like last shot, which it's yeah. I mean, again, all of these things are like if it was one or two of these things, and it was like sufficiently winking at itself it would be fine but it's just when you pile all of them on top of each other mm -hmm. it's it's totally insane but i will say mm -hmm. that the one thing i really liked was uh when kenny Wu, who was one of the like phenoms from from like the rest of america or whatever that they bring in for the tournament just uh skates under a guy's legs <laughs> um <laughs> because i was just like ah this is this is very ahead of its time that's basically what quinn hughes does <laughs> um, and I thought that was very cool. Um, all, for the for the whole Iceland thing, like, yeah, I don't understand why they couldn't do Sweden. Like, they were all, like American media was already in its heyday of Swedish chef jokes. <laughs> um, so, like, who are they going to piss off? And then also, the I I suspect that the reason that Iceland can't have a hockey team is because all the geothermal energy would melt the ice rinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, I, I, I only have one piece of reading material for this episode, but I did find it genuinely amusing. Are you guys familiar with uh, a website called Common Sense Media? That's my homepage. <laughs> okay. So uh, initially when I... This is like ringing a little spidey sense, but I'm not Okay, familiar. so initially when I saw this, I assumed <laughs> it was a movie review site run by like new atheists or something. Um, but That's where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, but uh, apparently from what I can tell... It is like a, a parent's guide kind of to movies that is apparently uh, like run by the dad from Dirty Dancing or something because it's like incredibly, it has an incredibly like conservative approach to like what oh, is appropriate. You mean children. like in terms of characterization, not literally. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, not literally. Huh. Um, so uh, I just wanted to read the little section here called What Parents Need to Know. So the um, without getting too bogged down in the details here, basically from what I can gather, this is just a a website that tells parents like if their move, if the movie is appropriate for children. But it has like a, in my opinion, like incredibly skewed idea of like what is appropriate for what age. So it lists this movie as being appropriate for ages 11 and up, which is like funny to me because it's like, oh, it's appropriate for uh, children who will be too old to enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Parents need to know that the Mighty Ducks is a 1992 movie about a ragtag group of young hockey players and their selfish lawyer coach who learn valuable lessons in teamwork, doing your best and having fun while playing a sport as opposed to winning at any and all costs. Okay, so, you know, we're starting off positive here. Yep. Here's where it takes a turn. There is some iffy humor throughout that might plant some bad ideas in the minds of more mischievous kids. In an early scene, for instance, a group of kids place dog excrement in a purse they find in a dumpster with a dollar bill sticking out of the purse in the hopes that someone will pick it up and stick a hand inside it. Okay, no one's actually going to do this. It's so much work. <laughs> I just love like uh, the, the, the like Wikipedia ass style that this is written in. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, if you were going to like try to pull a prank on someone, like why wouldn't you just stick to the flaming bag of dog poop? on the porch like why would you go to the trouble of the dollar bill and the, like first of all if kids have money they're they're just gonna like spend it on candy or something they're not gonna like use it to play a convoluted prank on someone yeah, kids yeah i was thinking this was you. an expensive bit <laughs> yes it's it's too cold in minnesota to light fires <laughs> don't you don't you know you have to put it in a purse there that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, the poo would freeze probably too. <laughs> a kid's idea of that, an actual kid's idea of that prank would have a chocolate bar sticking out of the purse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when a man does this, he chases the kids, trips and falls on his groin area against a wooden <laughs> beam replete with boing sound effects. <laughs> love that part i just like like i i i want to i this made me want to read like what they think of the road runner or whatever and it's just like you know the, an anvil falls on the coyote's head and uh he's clearly in pain from it it it, it could give some ch- some more mischievous children uh some very uh <laughs> terrible prank ideas for uh how to deal with the um ostrich that they're having a feud with um okay so a tween boy passes gas inside a limo causing everyone to yell and scream and laugh (laughs) it's like you know what's inappropriate for small children farts As if that is yeah, like the one thing they're allowed to make jokes. Yeah, exactly. About. Like that's the edgiest thing that your parents will let you make fun of when you're a kid. Yeah. Parts are like swears and kids. Yeah. Movies. Don't, yeah. Don't take that away from kids. <laughs> I, I, I am not a supporter of common sense media. Kids find a box of sports illustrated swimsuit issues in a dumpster and proceed to rifle through them while making excited comments and sexual innuendo. Does anyone remember that? I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, immediately yeah. before the, the uh, Hawks kids show up and start bullying them, and then Fulton Reed shows up. Yeah, Fulton saves them. The shit out of I want to know what Hawks kids. I want to know what these people say about the Sandlot because, like, the sexual innuendo in the Sandlot is way more explicit. Like, do you guys remember the part where yeah. he gets mouth to mouth from the teenage bodyguard, and then he just straight up starts making out? <laughs> he like he fakes drowning <laughs> so he could make out with that's so girl. funny. Like, and yeah. then and then at the end when they do the whole like you know Poochie died on his on the way to his home planet like crawl at the end of the movie they say that the two of them got married as adults yeah yeah. so it's okay i fucking love that um and there's a scene in which a man is drinking and driving and swerves all over the road before being pulled over by the police fair honestly (laughs) Um, and i did read an interview with someone i feel like it might have been emilio estevez where he said like yeah that probably wouldn't fly today (laughs) Uh, but it's also my favorite part of the movie um i can't believe that he got caught because he said i guess it was a whittle loud yeah, because I have never like 
I've never heard anyone do like L's to W's because they're drunk. Yeah, that's a weird, uh, that's a weird like affectation very, for like, a drunk person. Disney, like Disney drunk. It's very like kids idea. Sure, it's yeah. the kids idea of what drunk yeah, is. Yeah, they didn't even, they didn't just go with the standard like what seems to be the officer problem. Um, which would yeah, have been like person is way funnier. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I love this profanity. So profanity includes bastards, pissed, hell, suck, weird ass, bitch, and damn. <laughs> I can just imagine like an enterprising ten year old going on this website to look up movies with good good profanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's sure. what I would have done should, if I had known about there this. There should be a thing on exactly. IMDb that lists all the swears that are in a movie. <laughs> yeah, that would rock. Honestly, <laughs> I would be. Um, the first thing I would do if that was a feature would be to just like look up what the movie with the most profanity is of all time and watch it. I remember there was there was a site at a time that used to track the most number of swears. That was like Goodfellas was number two. Honestly, number one is probably Slapshot. <laughs> another uh, another movie we will probably do at a later date. Um, all right, and uh, and it ends with still, despite the occasional iffy humor and content, the movie does show through talk and example what happens when the positive values of sports are highlighted. Um, which is funny to me because, like, the main thing, the main value of this movie that I remember is just like it's not worth winning if you can't win big. <laughs> like, all, all the yeah. shit that sticks with <laughs> me about this movie is all the like terrible values of the Hawks. It's everything Coach Riley taught me, yeah, exactly. Yeah coach ryan o'reilly <laughs> the uh the 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 only thing this movie was missing was gordon bombay driving his car into a tim hortons <laughs> i'm disappointed that common sense media didn't criticize the movie for the i don't know there was the last shot of uh marguerite morneau and uh i don't remember germain uh, the last shot where they like make out a bit, it's like that's just a bit too much. I'm sorry, that's some cutie shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, fair enough. It's a bit odd. Um, one like last note that fans of the show will, I think, definitely be disappointed if I don't at least point out is that uh, the kid who plays child Gordon Bombay, Brock Pierce is now a cryptocurrency guy who is running for president of the United States. <laughs> and boy, does he look like a cryptocurrency guy. <laughs> He's somehow, how is Donald Trump the guy in this election with the second worst hair? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, this guy, uh, this guy literally wow. looks like, do you ever, um, I mean, I know Vias, you're from Victoria, so you would know like the posters that have like the child photo of Michael Donahue and then like the photo of like, this is what this guy would look like today, you know, like, yeah, oh, that's like a thing <laughs> yeah. with missing children. <laughs> this like the, the, the Brock Pierce now literally looks like he just went missing when he was 10 <laughs> and he's like the physical manifestation of his like missing child poster. <laughs> um I hope when the electoral college ties that he's the one holding Anaheim or like one, one electoral yes. college vote in California. Yeah, that was <laughs> I forget how the show works. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't, care. I don't think anyone knows how the electoral college votes works to be yeah. honest. Um, okay. So final thoughts. Wait, 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 wait. I have one last thing about Brock. Oh Pierce. wait. Okay. Yeah. I'm going through his, I'm going through his Wikipedia. Um, Pierce was also endorsed, backed up by singer and entrepreneur Akon. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, who yeah. Manages his presidential campaign as chief strategist. That fucking rocks. What? That's amazing. 
This is this is for real. Akon is, Akon is like an <laughs> underrated, like crazy guy. Yeah, for sure. So we're we're getting to the end of it now, but I'll I'll allow you guys to, you know, each have the floor. Final thoughts, big takeaways from 1992's The Mighty Ducks. Uh, let's we'll we'll allow uh, Cody to have the floor first since he is our our esteemed guest this evening. Oh, that's so polite. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to, like I wanted to point out that despite its flaws and like some of its like kind of casual misogyny and all that, <laughs> I would have to say that the Mighty Ducks first movie and to a lesser extent D two and like the sequels, they did a the movies did more for promoting women in hockey than the NHL or <laughs> any sport has done for women in true. hockey, like since, like maybe in the last year, like the NHL's kind of recognized that women are people who play sports and enjoy sports from birth. But like, this was the only thing that had proof that women could play hockey and actually be like good at it. Like, like I said, like from the get go, like, or Connie Moreau or whatever is basically set up as like the only good player on the team and then the downside is of course the movie continues and they sit her on the bench and are like yeah she's just a girl there are more women girls on the um, roster of the Mighty Ducks in D2 than there currently are in NHL front offices (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is just so depressing to think about yeah, no like shit. like disney is like a like a like a terrible company when it comes to treating people Absolutely. right and they've somehow managed to do a better job <laughs> promoting women in hockey than than like this organization that's been around for like a hundred something years i think that's a i think that's a very very solid observation a, yeah 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 very good i got i got a bunch of random little things i didn't get to mention uh well you know what one larger takeaway though is that like this was an enjoyable enough movie that i could see myself playing this movie for my like baby nephew Mm -hmm. once he's like oh for sure like Mm -hmm. i would be excited to watch that with him and to try to indoctrinate him a part of my indoctrination of him for many other reasons um but uh but yeah it's become a hockey fan and yeah i think a young enough kid would be into this um, for sure. One of my other sure. points. I love that the dirtiest player on the ice is number forty-four. Um, I could <laughs> How that, not love that. I could treat that as discrimination, but I'm just going to embrace it. Yeah, Fulton Reed just like picking the kid up and throwing him into the other team's bench absolutely yeah. whips. Exactly. Um, Leaves the bench to do it too. Yeah, <laughs> just so good. Ten game suspension nowadays. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 it's worth it to him. And I think. Oh, I forget if this is Gordon or the other coach, but there's like a Mark Crawford assassination conspiracy moment. It yeah, might be uh, the other yeah. team's coach tells his kids to take out banks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they say, "What did you do?" My job. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> this is uh, that is very Mark Crawford, uh, Todd Bertuzzi move there. I just know there's a lot of Bertuzzi connections here. As soon as uh, Bombay decided he wanted to focus on special teams, I had a big shiver down my back and said, you can't rely on that, rely on that kind of uh, tactic in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Uh, LOL, uh, the player who wears number nine is named Hall. Uh, <laughs> no, that's pretty good. I, I posted that. that in the group chat. Oh, my bad. Oh, I actually didn't. Know, I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh. um, and I think we talked about this, but the fit in this movie. 
like the fashion in here rules the the inspiration i've had of how to layer denim jackets with uh with sweaters like man <laughs> every kid okay. in this movie dresses identically to how i dress and it <laughs> <laughs> oh so and- i was actually thinking that one of the kids that whips them like that is the best character is uh peter mark he's the yeah. little punk kid with like the leather jacket Oh yeah, who leads the rebellion against? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not in the yeah, he's realize. not in the sequel, which is too bad. Because yeah, he he does he he dresses how I dressed when I was his age. Um, I think my last thing was I'm just gonna rehash. Well, I was just writing this under like why was his name Bombay? I was like, what does he possibly have that name for? Is he Portuguese or something? He's not hairy enough, folks. Uh, <laughs> Bombay is a name given to that area. Like the the name is from the Portuguese colonizers of that yes, part of India. That's true. Yeah. 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 Good one. Uh, yeah, it's getting a lot of. I'm <laughs> sure you know, like clap. it maybe didn't. It maybe didn't get a big laugh from us, but I'm sure the listeners are just like doubled over in the aisles right now. <laughs> thank you, thank you, everybody. I am, I am the Bart Simpson of the show after all. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my final thoughts on this movie is just that it uh, it's basically just entertaining enough, in my opinion, to be like frustrated at what it is not. Because I think it really does have the bones of a movie that could have been really, really funny. And instead, all of the stuff that's funny kind of isn't in the foreground. And I understand that it's a kid's movie. But, uh, you know, I actually think Disney has done a pretty good job of making movies that are both entertaining for children and adults. And uh, while I really enjoyed this movie as a kid... It did not quite hold up as an adult, uh, even though I, I I love my boy Emilio. Uh, he's uh, Emilio. <laughs> he's not really. Uh, he's he's kind of phoning it in in this one. So he's so <laughs> bad in this. Like it is shocking how bad it is. Yeah. If uh, if you're if you got a craving for Emilio, um, and you've got a Disney Plus account, you could do worse. But uh, I highly recommend just. Uh, splurging on a digital copy of repo man or the breakfast club instead uh in the meantime you can follow me on twitter at failson mcdonald you can follow me on twitter at viasaran i'm tweeting again you can follow me on twitter at moose kayak and uh you can catch me at cody sievertson uh and uh please direct your hate mail to whatever bob Iger's twitter account is on twitter <laughs> Director hate mail at JD Burke um, for having the gall um, to go taunt his uh, one of his latest victims <laughs> in hospital. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>